Welcome to the West Virginia Soccer Association Beyond the Pitch podcast on the WVSA Digital Network. From the Dick Sporting Goods Studios in Charleston, West Virginia, here's your host, Marcus Cole. Welcome to our podcast. Before we welcome our guests, I want to remind you to like, subscribe, and share our program. Now, this helps us get the word out to others and let them know that we're providing valuable information designed for soccer players, coaches, referees, and parents. Back with us on the program, sort of in a different capacity now, is Marty Beal, former uh, Division I women's head soccer coach. Now he's the lead of coaching development at Inkwell Sports Solutions. Marty, welcome back to the program. Marcus, it's a joy to be back with you. I appreciate you having me back on. Well, we're excited to have you. Lots going on uh, with you, going from the coaching ranks in college now to this uh, uh, lead of coaching development. And that's one big thing that you've actually have really, really embraced, especially over the last few years that, you know, we've known you through Twitter uh, and following you is just there's so much more to coaching than just the X's and O's. And you've been a really firm believer in that. And that's what I kind of want to dive into today in talking to our coaches about their coaching development and how to make an impactful uh, uh, impact on their players. Uh, so why don't we go ahead and, and start off by tell us about this new position uh, with Inkwell Sports Solutions and what exactly are you doing? Yeah, well, so um, to, to back up a little bit, you know, it's funny, a few years ago, uh, I was really into you know coaching development from from a perspective of character development. So I got I got turned on to Brett Ledbetter of What Drives Winning, and his whole research and everything is centered around the development of character of the athlete, which then drives the you know behaviors of the athlete, which then drives the performance of the athlete. So that was where my whole mindset was shifted with coaches. Is like we need to be more invested in our athletes' character and developing their character, because not only will it help them you know, in their athletic career, but then it'll help them in life as well. Well, just recently I got turned on to a guy named Cody Royal. Um, it's, it's interesting, like during the pandemic, you know, you have all these different things that go on through, throughout the pandemic. Well, one of the things that, that came out of it was a guy named Cody Royal and a guy named Ferguson or Fergus Colonel. I can't remember his other name, but him and his buddy started a Zoom, uh, I wouldn't call it a podcast, but a Zoom sessions for coaches um, throughout the the pandemic, and uh, so I was, you know had nothing else to do, so I'm tuning in, and listening to these guys, and you know they're one guy's in Australia, the other guy's in uh, Canada, and they're talking about coaching development, and they're talking about you know these world class coaches and how they develop them. Well, then I then Cody Royal ended up writing a book called The Good Stuff. And if there's any coach out there that has not read The Good Stuff, they need to go buy it right away. And in that book, he really goes through and describes what it's like to be a head coach and, and, and things that um, the head coach goes through that if people really just aren't aware of. Everybody says that it's just about the X's and O's. You know, you're just studying game film the whole time. And, and while there's a lot of truth to that, there's still so much more that goes into being a head coach that I think gets, gets left behind. So, so after I, excuse me, was no longer working at the University of Richmond, um, you know, Abby, who's the owner of Inkwell Sports Solutions, reached reached out to me, and we got to talking about her business and what they do with the company, and uh, asked me to join on. And so, so now we're working with you know teams and coaches and athletic departments, you know, helping them bring out their unique greatness that they have individually, so that then they can you know essentially get better results collectively as a team. You know, so we go in and work with you know college teams, high school teams, uh, work with athletic departments. Um, 
And then I personally do a lot of work with one with coach, excuse me, with coaches in a one-on-one basis. So that's kind of where I fit in a lot in the picture. Well, I think that's certainly right up, right up your, uh, right up your avenue. You've always been about that uh, as long as I've known you and just uh, through your own personal development as a soccer coach. And, you know, I always love the hashtag that you use elevate others. Um, and, and that, I mean, that's kind of what it's all about. And I think that's kind of where we need to, where we need to take this, uh, going forward. Now you talk about developing a player's character. Can you dive into that a little bit more of, of how that player character is, can be correlated with a player's development and their achievement? Yeah. So if you, if you look at a player's character, you know, how hardworking are they? How disciplined are they? You know, these are just normal character words that, that we use in normal life. Um, how honest somebody is, how, how trustworthy they are, um, how competitive they are. Like those are just like in normal life, you know, we talk about, you know, those character words really um, resonate with people who are successful. Well, you add those same character words to a soccer player and you, you find out what they're going to be like in training. You know, how, how resilient are they? What do they do after a mistake? You know, what do they, how, how good of a teammate are they? You know, do they cheer on their teammate? Or are they you know, envious of their teammates or the success that their teammate is having? Or are they, you know, happy for their teammate and being a great teammate? You know, those are all things that just tie into, you know, how somebody can elevate their game. And the wonderful thing about character development is it's not character traits. It's not like a person is just born, like they are a certain way and there's no help for them. You know, these are these are character development skills. So uh, Brett Ledbetter and Dr. and Dr. Jim Lohr basically came up with with two sets of character development skills. One is performance character skills and the other one's moral character skills. So the moral character skills are basically what uh, governs your relationship with your teammates. You know, how to be a great teammate, how to be a great friend, how to be a great you know uh, player to your coach and your relationship building and things like that. And then performance character skills, your competitiveness, your your work ethic, you know, things like that. Those are things that drive you individually to go do the work on the field or on the court to help you elevate your game. So those character skills, you know, if you if you focus on developing those character skills, even in a in a, a training environment, if you spend a couple of weeks saying, I'm gonna focus on being more competitive in everything that I do. Now, competitive doesn't mean that you're a jerk, that you're nasty and you're you're cheating or anything like that. It just means that I understand the value of competition, that you're going to give your best effort. I'm going to give my best effort. And through that value of competition, we are both going to get better. And so if we focus on that for two weeks, at the end of those two weeks, my character trait of competitiveness, or I'm sorry, character skill, I said the wrong thing, <laughs> character skill of competitiveness will rise rise up. And you start finding different areas of your game as an athlete to say, like, you know, what... Um, Maybe I'm maybe I haven't been too resilient. Maybe I tend to get down on myself after mistakes. And if I really focus on, you know, I'm going to be more resilient, I'm going to, you know, respond much quicker to my mistake or my teammate's mistake for the next two weeks. And you just focus on that character of being resilient, then you're going to see your resilient skill go up over the next two weeks. You keep focusing on those different character skills, then as a player, without even focusing on your skill as an athlete, you know, and your whether you're a basketball player or a soccer player but you're going to see that those skills are going to elevate simply because you started focusing on your character skills. Now say I'm a coach and um, I've got this team, whether it's a club team or whether it's a high school team, or even if you're a college coach listening to this um, and you're looking to um, 
get more and more involved in this and developing those skill sets. Obviously, after going out and buying the book, the good stuff, and reading that, what what advice would you have to a coach to begin this journey uh, down this road? I think the first thing you have to recognize is as coaches, we're expected to have all the answers. We're expected to know everything. And uh, that's definitely not the truth. But I think we were wrapped up in this society. And, and you know, I was a college coach for 26 years. So, you know, I was truly in, in, entrenched in everything that was going on. So, you know, while I de definitely you know, wanted to learn and de definitely wanted to grow as a, as a coach, I really didn't know, you know, how or what was really most important. And I think throughout, you know, the past couple of years, we've noticed a, a huge emphasis on well-being, well you know, and an emphasis has been placed a lot on the well-being of the student athlete, which I 100% agree needs to be there for the, for the student athletes, no matter what the age is, no matter what sport it is, you know, to put things in place to help these, these young people navigate the world that we live in right now and, and help their own well-being. Um, to to be successful and to overcome challenges that they face. I think it's extremely important. But you know what we've been forgetting, Marcus? What? The well-being of the coach. Mm. I don't know of any athletic department in the country, in the college setting, that has people in the athletic department focusing on the well-being of their coaching staff. The coach is expected to get it, do it, grind it, sleep on the couch, do the work, stay up till 2 o'clock watching game film. Like that's just, you know, the, the nature of the beast. You signed up for it. Well, that's all well and good, but you still, you know, if you, if you want better athletes, you need better coaches. You need coaches. If, if coaches are stressed out and, you know, sleep deprived because they're not taking care of themselves, they're not going to be in the best situation they can be for their athletes. You know, so, so this is one of the things that Cody Royal talks a lot about in his book, how so many different organizations across the world this is not an American problem. This is a society problem across the world that we focus on coaches as being the all in all has all the answers, leave them alone. Don't do anything with them. But in reality, if we started investing more energy, time and energy in teaching coaches, how to manage their time, how to know their own strengths as an individual, to know how to utilize those strengths so that they can fulfill their life and fulfill their, their players' lives. You know, if we can spend more time and energy focusing on developing the coaching world, then our athletes are going to be much more better off as, as well. It's weird that we don't think that way because we're out there developing our players. We're out there developing our referees. Um, you know, why, why not, why not the coaches? I mean, we've got coaching courses and stuff, but that's all X's and O's and, and that type of thing. There's that, there's that missing piece in there. It's really, it's really true, Marcus. I mean, you know, I went to the convention for, you know, I don't know how many decades and you, you come away with so much knowledge about the X's and O's. And I, I will say the NSCA, or I'm sorry, the United Soccer Coaches Convention has done a great job over the past few years in particular of adding more sports psychology classes, more leadership classes, more things like that. But when are we going to get down to the crux of, you know, leading yourself, you know, knowing how to really, you know, manage your your own emotions in a game knowing how to manage your your time to understand like i can't stay up till three o'clock in the morning watching game film then get up four hours later because my kids are waking up for school and then expect to be my best at four o'clock in the afternoon when we hit the training field but you know how many coaches do that a lot so many so many why because that's what's expected of coaches 
And so that's what, you know, that's what I'm passionate about. So, you know, I work with coaches now and we go through a thing called core clarity, which you can kind of see on my screen, some, some things about core clarity. And these are my, my top five strengths that I have individually. So each one of us has unique strengths that we all, that we all have. And the, the key that we, we try and do as a staff is trying to help our coaches that we work with know their own strengths and not just know them, but know how to utilize them, how to utilize them in practice, and then how to, how to understand your players' strengths. So that way you can talk to your players in a language that really resonates with your players so then they can go on to perform at a higher level. What, what should a coach do if, I mean, obviously we're recognizing their strengths and, and things that they do well. Um, where does a coach go when they don't have a strength in that particular area? Say you got a coach that just time management is just completely horrible. I know sometimes I get down that road. Uh, it's not a trait of mine that I'm that way all the time, but sometimes when I get stressed or sometimes when I'm sleep deprived because I was working on a project or what have you, that time management goes out the window. What do we do in those situations? I think there, there are certain moments in the, in the season or certain moments in life that, you know, you just have to grind it out. I will say that there, there are certain moments, but I also think we got to lean on other people. You got to lean on your staff. You got to find it. You know, so if you're a college coach and, and you have two or three assistant coaches, then you should find two or three assistant coaches that have different strengths than what you have. So that way you can you can you know hand off the baton to your assistant to do this activity, or maybe it's a, a team manager. Maybe maybe you're a high school coach and you have a team mom that, and they're really good at organization stuff, and you can hand some stuff off to your team mom to to do some of that organizational thing. So I think the more delegation that we can do as coaches, the better off we're going we're going to be able to operate in our own strengths. You know, but there are things that we all have to do in life that may not be our strengths, may not be one of our top five talents that we have. You know, so you just got to re recognize the fact that, okay, this is an opportunity that I have to, you know, just, I say grind it out, but I don't mean grind it out as far as like staying out till four in the morning. I just mean like, you know, okay, I've got to push through and I've got to get this done. I may not like doing it. I may not be great at doing it, but it needs to get done. So I'm going to get it done. And then making sure that your whole day isn't filled up with those events. If your whole day is filled up with those types of events, you're going to be completely drained at the end of the day. And if you're drained at the end of the day, then you'll get horrible sleep. Then the, the vicious cycle of you know going down that spiral of like not being able to perform at the highest level will just come into play. How hard is it that you've discovered so far in working with coaches for them to let go? of some of that uh -huh. stuff and, and those responsibilities to, cause I know I, I have difficulties with that at times. I think letting go of the responsibility is tough, but also I think what's more tough is the coaches recognizing in themselves areas that they need to reevaluate what they're doing and how they're doing it. I think uh, that self-reflection, that self diagnosis of, you know what, this is an area that really isn't serving me well. And I need to change, make some changes to do that. And I think that self-reflection is the, the hardest part for college coaches to, or I say college coaches, I think coaches in general, uh, because again, you're just, you're so ingrained that you have to have the answers and you have to get it done and you're, you have to make it work that you just go, 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 go. And, and while it works for, if you're a 25 year old coach and you've been coaching for a year or two and you think that you can just grind it out. Yeah, you, you probably can because you're young and energetic right now, but you tried doing that for 10 to 15 years and it's not going to work. It's not going to be the same. And so I think we got to, you know, be able to, to help our help our coaches develop the tools of 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 understanding like 
what it is they're good at, what it is they're not good at, and how to pass on that baton and, and trust the people that are with you that they're going to get it done as, as well as you could. We're talking to Marty Beal, lead of coaching development at Inkwell Sports Solutions. Um, now, you you mentioned, too, that you're uh, you're with uh, um, Don Williams and uh, that company in, in college recruiting. So uh, because of that, we're going to go ahead and do a college recruiting uh, question here for you. Um, if you had one or two tips that you would give to somebody that's looking uh, to play at the next level, play in college. I know we always ask you this, but what are those two tips, one or two tips that you would give to a player of, of when it comes to college recruiting? I think the number one piece of advice I have to, to every single kid who wants to play in college is focus on finding the right fit. The right fit for in terms of location, size of school, academics of the school, uh, the 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 playing level of the program, the environment within the program, like finding the right fit for you as an individual player, I think is hands down the most important tip that that any player should take away from you know any recruiting talk because so many kids and, and it's our society that does this. You know we we highlight all these you know Division ones, the Power Five schools, all this kids going there, this kids going there, and you know it's it's like broadcasted everywhere about how amazing it is. Do you know how many kids are transferring in the transfer portal out of those power five schools? I mean, so many, because it's, 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 it's not as great as it says they say it is. It's hard stinking work and it's competitive and you could end up, you know, being recruited somewhere and you'd be number 29 player on the roster and you're not playing for three years. And if you don't love the environment, if you don't love that program, if you don't love that school, if you don't love where it's located, if you don't love the academics, it's not a right fit for you. You're going to be absolutely miserable and you're just going to transfer. So then you're starting that whole process all over again. So from the very beginning, you know, I encourage families to go visit schools, go visit them in person, not just look at them online, but go visit them in person, drive through the campus, drive through the town, you know, meet people, talk to people and, and really get a good feel for what that school is like and what that environment is like, because you're going to be, you want to be able to spend, you know, four great years there and having a great time. You know, and I know, I know athletes who have gone to, you know, power five schools thinking power five is the glory transferred to a division two or division three school, you know, the last couple of years and just had an amazing experience. And they're like, man, I wish I had done this from the get go. I'm like, yeah, because you were focused on the wrong thing. You were focused on the stars versus focusing on the, the finding the right environment, the right fit. And then, of course, you know, you add in the fact of um, usually you end up transferring. Sometimes that's an extra year of school that you have to to take just to make up, you yes. know, because credits don't transfer over. A lot of people don't think about that. Yeah, the credits don't transfer. And then you got to find a home. So many people think it's just so easy just to transfer. I'm, I'm going to go to the school for a couple of years. Oh, I'm not happy. I'll just transfer somebody else. Oh, my goodness, Marcus. There was a, a great uh, graphic, a picture that was posted on social media some time ago. And it was a line of football players. I know you know we're talking about soccer here, but the analogy is still the same. So there's a line of football players. And there's like 100 people in this line. And it was the transfer window. The, you know, the transfer transfer portal is not transfer window, transfer portal. And then at the school, there were three quarterbacks because it's a quarterback picture. That there are three quarterbacks, and then the caption was like, "Do you want to be one of you know two hundred kids trying to to transfer, or do do you want to be one of three competing for playing time?" 
I mean, that's that's the reality that these kids just don't understand. It's like you think that you can just transfer and you're going to you know find a place to play. That's not always the reality, and that's that's a difficult thing for the players to understand. So if they find the right fit from the beginning of of their recruiting process, then life becomes so much easier. I always told my kids before they were, uh, or when they were in high school and they were getting ready to look at colleges to compete at athletically, I told them, I said, look for somewhere where you would, you know, if my son, if you tore your shoulder, he was a swimmer. I said, if you tore your shoulder out and could never swim again, would you be happy here for four years? Same thing with my daughter. If you blew your ACL, I said, would you be happy at this university for four years if you couldn't play soccer? Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's the key. And you know, but unfortunately, there are too many parents out there who who don't understand that and don't you know you know feed that information to their to their sons and daughters on a regular basis. So their sons and daughters that just get wrapped up in society. And you know, I think if the more that we can do to help you know educate you know these young people about the realities of it, the better off these young people are going to be later in life. I agree. So that's what that's what I love about my role with, with Sports Recruiters USA is. You know, you know, working with these student athletes, working with these boys and girls who are trying to play college soccer and really helping them understand, you know, you may think that you want to play up here at this particular level, you know, but your playing level is probably going to be right around here. You know, and the question to ask yourself is, do you want to play or you just want to be on a team or do you want to have an impact? You know, like what, what type of role do you really want to have? And I think that goes into, you know, the type of fit that the player wants to have, you know, within the college college system. You know, so, so getting them to really understand that it's not all about, you know, just playing that that power five program, that division one program. There's so many great programs out there, uh, NAIA programs, junior college programs. I mean, there's there's you know over a thousand different college soccer programs out there for players to choose from. So I think it's really important that we as a, as as parents and, and, and in my particular job as a staff is to help educate these young people and helping them see the the value of finding the right fit first and foremost. If somebody is interested in learning more about you, Marty, and uh, Inkwell Sports Solutions, where can they find you? Uh, they can find me on social media. Uh, Marty underscore Beal is probably the easiest way to find me. M-A-R-T-Y underscore B-E-A-L-L. Uh, through Instagram, through Twitter, Facebook, you can find me everywhere. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's where we discovered Marty a number of years ago and have followed him. And that's why we've had him on the podcast a number of times, always uh, giving some great information and some great insight. Marty Beal, lead of coaching development and Inkwell Sports Solutions. Thank you so much for coming on the program. It's great to have you back. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Marcus. Really appreciate it. And thank you for listening to the podcast. We hope we provided some valuable information for you today. And if we did, make sure you let everybody know about our program. You can follow us on our social media channels, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search for us at WB Soccer. Take care, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the West Virginia Soccer Association Beyond the Pitch podcast. Make sure you like, subscribe, and share our program. Copyright 2023. All rights reserved.